0: Looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world, pop culture, social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwaskin show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need, with your host, Jeff Dwaskin.
1: All right, Tim. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get the show going each and every week and this week was no exception. Welcome everybody to episode 90 of live from detroit the jeff Duaskin show as always i am your host jeff dewaskin great to be back for another episode of podcast goodness and this one is chock full of goodness for you it's our final episode of 2021 We've been going for about a year and a half, but this is our first full calendar year. This ends our first full calendar year. 2022 is going to be amazing. Before we get to 2022, we got to end 2021 with a bang. And a bang it shall be. Our guest today is Richard Karn. That's right. Al from Home Improvements here. We talk all about home improvement, how he landed the role of Al Borland. Richard also hosted Family Feuds. Of course, we talk all about that. You know I love the feud. We also talk about Bingo America, the many Christmas movies Richard's been a part of, how Richard dealt with his very own death hoax, and his new show with Tim Allen called Assembly Required. All that and so much more coming up in just a few minutes. I can't believe the year is over, and as I look back, I can't believe what an amazing year it was that I got to share with all of you. This year alone, I talked with Candy Clark from American Graffiti, comedian Alonzo Bowden, Ted Neely, Jesus from Jesus Christ Superstar, Burt Ward, Robin from Batman, Ted Lange, and Fred Grandy from The Love Boat. Isaac Gopher, Ed Asner, Carol Baskin, Ed Beckley Jr., D. Wallace, Paul Provenza, 1977 Spider-Man, Nicholas Hammond, Isaac Whitlock Jr., and the list goes on and on. It has been such a joy to talk with all of these amazing people and share those conversations with you. I do hope you enjoy listening week after week as much as I enjoy talking to these amazing people and bringing it to you week after week. 2021 was awesome, but cheers. Here's to an amazing 2022. We've got a lot to look forward to on the show, and I'm excited to share it all with you after the new year. If you're like Jeff, some of those names sound amazing, but I must have missed the episodes. No problem, they're all available. Head over to your favorite podcast app—Good Pods, Apple, Castbox, whatever you use—is fine. Just go to it. You can go. I don't know where to. If you don't know where to go, go to Jeffisfunny.com, and there's a link that says "Follow my podcast." And it lists all the podcast apps. It'll link you right to it. If you want to do Spotify, Audible, whatever, you do you, boo. Sign up, follow, tell all your friends. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. And now it's time for the social media tip. All right. This is the part of the show where I share a little bit of my social media knowledge with you. A little 411 I picked up on the street. I've been in the social media game for quite a long time, and I love to share tips and things that I learn so that we can all raise our social media game together. I figured since it's the end of the year, I'll wrap up with a few reminders of some cool tools that I think you should have in your social media belt. One is the Fireside Chat app, firesidechat.com slash Jeff you can get access to all the Crossing the Stream live episodes we do every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Come listen, join the show, and get inspired to start your own. Once you're a creator, you can start your own weekly bi-weekly, monthly show on the Fireside Chat app. Another way to really get yourself out there is Instagram Reels. You can save a Reel and then repost it on TikTok if you want. But I think Reels is magic. I don't have a huge Instagram account. Subtly, I'm saying, hey, everyone, go follow me on Instagram at Jeff Show. But seriously, I am being serious, but do that. But then also post Reels. Reels are amazing. I get thousands of views on my Reels way more than I get on my posts there's something about the live video nature of it that i think attracts more people so check that out and of course the final tool in your belt to end 2021 and launch 2022 with full social media guns a and Grab the hashtag Roundup app. It's free, totally free. Android phones, iOS phones. Grab it, play along. You know I read all the tweets at the end of the show. I'd love to read one of yours one day. Between Fireside Chat app, getting active on Reels, and downloading the hashtag Roundup app. I think that's enough for you to finish off the year with. And that's the social media tip. I do want to thank everyone in advance for their support of the sponsors. When you support the sponsors, you're supporting us here at Live from Detroit, the Jeff Tawaskin Show, and that's how we keep the lights on. Today's interview sponsor asks, are you looking for a hammer, a saw, a screwdriver, not sure what type of screwdriver? Well, head over to Harry's Hardware. They've got every type of screwdriver you can think of, Phillips, Flathead, an assortment of ones you can buy and never know what to use them for, but look great hanging on your tool wall. (laughs) This holiday season, it's never been a better time to buy a leaf blower, roof rake, or a variety of nuts and bolts that will never be the ones you need when you need them. But that's why Harry's Hardware is open 24 hours a day Head on over to Harry's for all your hardware needs. All right. I'm always, I never have the right stuff. Never, never have the right stuff. Um, so it's good to know that Harry's hardware is open 24 hours a day. Check them out if you need any hardware stuff, hammers, whatever. Well, I think now is a great time to pivot over to my conversation with Richard Carn. Get ready for an awesome chat about home improvement, assembly required, Christmas movies, airbud movies, death hoaxes, and of course, The Feud. Family Feud, that is. Enjoy. All right. It's time for the Jeff Dewaskin Show Celebrity Edition. Introducing the star of Home Improvement, Pen15, Family Feud, Bingo America, and so much more. I'm your host, Jeff Dewaskin. Richard, are you
0: ready Hi. to play the feud? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how long ago that was? Holy smokes. I think that was like 2005 or 2006. It was a long time ago. You had a good run there, though. I did. I had a great time. That was so much fun. And I almost didn't take it. What would have kept you from doing that? I didn't think of myself as a game show host. Bottom line, I, it was just such a weird kind of a thing to do. As soon as I turned it down, my agents got on the phone and said, you know, Richard, yeah, you've done family movies. You've done family TV. This is just another family show you know, that you should consider. And, you know, I grew up watching Richard Dawson. And so I, I knew how the show worked. I'm glad they talked me into it because I really had a great time.
1: Yeah, Family Feud is is interesting. Like, yeah, I grew up on Richard Dawson and he he made it iconic, like kissing all the women and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I think it's interesting how they've continuously changed the host to kind of give it that new vibe.
0: They kind of made a point of it. They uh, signed us to five-year contracts and then uh, changed us out after four years.
1: Do you like Steve Harvey? How do you... <laughs> How do you feel these doing?
0: <laughs> you know, Steve is exactly, I think, what they really wanted. You know, they wanted Al Roker, and, and Al didn't want to leave New York, so they chose me. Got it.
1: They must have got, they must have got confused because you were Al on Home Improvement. So they're like, wow, well, just, <laughs> we'll, just get, we'll just get a different Al. We'll get a different Al.
0: Well, the producer, one of the producers, I, I had done a show with her the year before. I did, I did the pilot of To Tell the Truth with, oddly enough, John O'Hurley is the host.
1: Oh, I think that they have that now. With um, oh no, no, no not to tell the truth. Uh, which is to tell the truth, where one of them's a liar. Is that yes? Yeah, I love that show. They brought it back recently. the The star of Blackish is the host with his mom. Okay, well that would have been a good gig too. I always wondered about that because like Drew Carey did that. He went from being this big sitcom star. Yeah. And then to The Price Is Right. It's got to be a a good gig. It's a day, you know. It's a consistent gig, but it's it's a different it's a different thing. The
0: gig was like a piece of cake. I I only worked on the weekends. You know, we did twelve shows: six on Saturday and six on Sunday.
1: Oh, because you you do a back to back to back to back,
0: back to back to back to back. Yeah, everyone just
1: bring a bit a change of clothes, so it seems like it's a different day or something. (laughs) I had lots of suits. I was I was ready to go into a question. I actually had a question ready for you. (laughs) when I was bringing you in. And then
0: you got sidetracked, right?
1: So I was just like, I'm ready to play the feud. I actually had one ready for you to go. (laughs) Just, you know, it was all family feud prepared. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but we can we can go into it. if there's a law later I'll go into it. I have some family few questions okay let me I did have I did have a question for you I have some family few questions I come from a, a data background so I'm I'm actually curious about this when the people are surveyed is it open ended answers meaning like when you say we ask 100 per, uh, Americans how much to tip for good service can they write in anything they want or is it was it like
0: well it's no writing they they don't write it down they just they say it, it. it's all verbal
1: but they can answer anything it's not like of these ten which do you do, and then they do that?
0: No, no, they don't. They they have to come up with their own stuff.
1: Which is why sometimes some of those answers are so
0: exactly. I mean, it really le- it leaves itself open to you know some very seriously funny stuff p- inside people's minds.
1: Well, you're asking a hundred random people a question. What do you put on a hamburger, <laughs> or something? Yeah, they can say anything. And so it's like, so with like those, some of those answers that were like two people said it and it was like an okra. Or whatever. Right.
0: Well, you know, you've got to remember this is a hundred people that will actually answer their phone and take a survey.
1: <laughs> it's not just a hundred people. It's a hundred people that are willing to put the time in.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, they've got the time. <laughs> they've got time for the pain.
1: Okay. That, that answers so much. That answers yeah. so many questions. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, I think that's maybe why, you know, our all of our polling has been so skewed. Nobody wants to answer the phone anymore. There's been there's been too many cold call, robocalls and stuff like that. People are just tired of it.
1: The greatest thing AT&T ever did was put in the spam risk thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's yeah. like, I'm guilty of it too. It's like, you almost have to tell people like, this is my phone number because if you call me and it, there's no caller ID, I'm not picking it up. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> So like, I'll let it go to voicemail yeah. and then I'll be like, oh, no, <laughs> then I'll call. Right. Sorry, mom. <laughs> mom, did you just call me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was in the. it's weird. You think I'd have your number in my phone? I was in the
0: third dimension. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: man. OK, so but you did you did Bingo America, too. So you must have you must have dog doing game shows.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that was just like kind of a, a quick opportunity after I left um, Family Feud. It was so funny because, you know, it's bingo. It's bingo America. People liked the show. I mean, it was a fun show, but the demographics weren't what they expected. And I don't know what they expected because it's bingo. It's like, uh, okay, you can kind of see the demographics maybe. And, uh, you know, what's the one that that's usually has very risque answers? Uh, match game. You know, that, that might be a lot more fun for college kids to watch. But bingo? I, I don't know. I don't get that. It wasn't my point. I mean, it wasn't my place to say. It's just that when they said, "Well, we're not getting the demographics we want," I go, "Well, you are. It's just not the ones you want." Did you replace Patrick
1: Duffy, or did he replace you? I didn't. I didn't go deep. I, when I googled it, I didn't even realize he was the host. In the
0: I think I replaced Patrick Duffy, and I think I remember getting a phone call from him, going, "Thanks a lot."
1: <laughs> oh man, that's funny. At least he had a sense of humor about it. <laughs> And you're like you're like saying don't wait, same thing happened to me it was that when I was on the feud? I get a call one yeah, day and it's like you know, <laughs> they're moving on
0: well they they gave me an out you know they asked me if I'd like to do the next season and not take the bump that I got in my contract you know I got a seventeen percent raise in the fifth season. And they go, well would you like w- would you uh, if you didn't take that would would you mind I go, well, we did that four years ago. Let me ask you a question are the ratings up? they go, yeah, are you happy yeah then w- w- what's the problem? I mean, you guys own I mean, they're Burtlesman. They own American Idol. They own a million things. It's not like they were worrying about money, right? Or my seventeen percent.
1: Every time you hear one of these stories, it's always some weird
0: bottom line. Usually, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, well, on this ledger, it may sound better if we move on. It's like, yeah, they don't care that that you're a beloved. My daughter's addicted to the current version. She wouldn't have been alive for years or to watch it around. But so, nothing personal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she loves Family View.
0: Well, it's a funny show. It's a fun show. It's uh, You can play along with it. The, the answers are hysterical. And, you know, Steve Harvey, he's a stand-up. He'll go a lot more for the jugular than I ever felt like I should. You know, I didn't want people to get embarrassed or be closed down or anything like that. I, I wanted them to have fun. So I, I didn't call him on a lot of things which I could have.
1: Were there ever times you just broke, though? I mean, you're just... <laughs> yes,
0: I, I mean, there there are, because the answer was so absurd. I'm going, really? Is is that what you think?
1: They probably panic, right? They got like seconds, right? And they got to like... Just yeah,
0: come up yeah. With I mean, it's it's the perfect game. It's, uh, you know, out of all of the games out there, it's the most fun. I, I mean, there are shows out there now where you actually have writers that can write some of the jokes. Can't write jokes for this because you don't know what's going to happen.
1: Right, right. And it only pretty much writes itself, probably yeah it's it's like improv
0: and that was scary because i hadn't done that before this was the closest i'd ever gotten to doing stand up uh, you know just my fortune that i was around tim and a lot of stand ups before that you know watching how their minds work how they how they do stuff because i was theater you know it's all written down you know, in the moment, you don't have to search for something funny to say. It's already written.
1: But you're funny. You're like naturally funny. You got a thing. Well, but like, you don't
0: know that till you're like, you have to do it.
1: It's just an air about you that kind of brings it out. So, so that's cool. All right. So I know what I wanted to talk about the uh death hoax so you've you've had two death hoaxes and um we're talking yeah. now so I, I'm, I'm guessing it's not sensitive since you're alive
0: i taped this last year <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> i knew all the questions you were gonna ask i
1: know it's like all these interviewers that's it, the same stuff
0: <laughs> the <laughs> what's it like to, to wake up and like well i never see it i mean i'm never the first one to see it i always get somebody at you know calling up and go are you okay you know, oh, thank God you answered the phone. We thought you were dead. Uh, you know, I'm going, oh, really? Okay. Well, this last one was, it was a weird one because it was, it was like a Republican fundraiser. I mean, if you went down to the bottom of of whatever this was, it was actually raising money for the Republican Party.
1: Oh, and somehow they thought they could pull in some cash yeah. by, by saying Richard Karn has passed away. <laughs> I,
0: I guess there's money in that. I don't know. Oh, I feel so bad. Okay. I'll give some money to Trump. Woo. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, it's got to be uh, horrible for the, for the certain people. Did you, did you ever see, uh, did you watch Schitt's Creek at all?
0: <laughs> we tried. I love all of those actors, I, uh, but I just, I, I didn't like the show for whatever reason.
1: There's one episode where the Moira character, Catherine O'Hara's character, has a death hoax.
0: <laughs> well, I wish I could have watched that one. That would have been fun.
1: So I wanted to know if you had this type of experience where like everyone thinks you're dead. And like you take a moment to just kind of see what nice things people are saying about you. <laughs> You know how everyone goes to Twitter, right? Allen went to Twitter and tweeted this about Richard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because she walks in on them in this one scene, and they're all talking about her, and then they look up and realize she's alive. And she's like,
0: "Go ahead, keep going." No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I (laughs) want to hear this. (laughs) I won't be around next time.
1: Uh, Yeah. Before my mom passed, she would always say, "Like, I would want to go to my own funeral because I'd want to see who shows up. (laughs) I want to hear what they say about me." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Not all of us are given that gift of, of a hoax. <laughs> no,
0: no, you can do it in film and TV though. And spy novels.
1: I don't know if you've ever met Paul McCartney, but there's something you have in common right there. You can talk about.
0: That. <laughs> True. I'll, I'll, you know, I, although I never took pictures barefoot.
1: So here's a question for you. Home improvement related. You have uh, anniversaries and you send people anniversary gifts. You have birthdays. You send birthday gifts. Do you send... Steven Tobolowsky, to a gift basket every now and then, and just thank him, for whatever, kept him away from home improvement.
0: <laughs> uh, no, but I will tell you, I met him. I ran into him at Art's Deli. Okay. <laughs> We're going for lunch, and I see him sitting there having lunch, and I, he was by himself, and I went up to him. I just, I felt compelled to go up to him, and I didn't know what I was going to say, and he looks up, and he goes, oh my God, oh, re- oh. Ah, I wish I had taken that job <laughs> and I go I, I just want to thank you for not taking that job <laughs> I, uh, I really it. and he didn't take it for like a long time because I was only going to do the pilot and then once the pilot was done in April he had until July to come back and do the first show and he got another movie and he took the other movie and they call me back and go well we need you for the maybe the first you know one or two or three episodes and I went I, I, I'm I am happy to oblige. I am so happy to oblige because I know the producers. I had met them six years before in Indiana doing a playwrights conference. So I knew these guys, aside from ever working with them that much, they asked me uh, if, if I wouldn't mind doing the first few episodes. And I go, absolutely, because, you know, my, my wife is pregnant now. We're, we're, we've moved from New York to Los Angeles, and now we're starting a family. And I, we don't really have regular jobs. We're actors for hire. It all worked out.
1: That's cool. Well, God bless his popularity, I guess.
0: He never stopped working. I mean, he's always done something. Sometimes you just think it's
1: just the universe kind of putting things uh, where they should be.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh.
1: Your dynamic with Tim on that show was so good. I can't imagine.
0: Well, when you're you're trying to figure out how to put characters together and, and how to write the characters, what they wanted was somebody that was older, taller, I mean, a mutton Jeff, a very different sensibility from Tim. Because these guys knew me, they felt I was too much like Tim. I was, you know, similar size, similar age, similar kind of comic sensibility or whatever. Although once you put us on tape, we went in opposite directions. And I'm an actor. I wasn't me. I wasn't playing me. I was playing Al.
1: Well, it worked. At what point your catchphrase? I don't think so, Tim. Which I think came out early. Where like they like, oh, you delivered that so well that just became a thing. They kept doing. Everything becomes a thing. Everything becomes a thing.
0: <laughs> Everything. We you know we rehearsed the pilot for ten days, almost two weeks, and I would. Because I wasn't going to be the character they were going to continue on with, I came out, they, they kind of wrote my role down a little bit, made Tim more, talk more of the show and I was just kind of in the background, but I still walked out there as his assistant. And we would rehearse it and I'd walk out. Uh, I didn't think anything about it until we had an audience. And now all of a sudden we have an audience sitting there watching us. And like a little play. So when I walked out there and he introduced me, I, I felt like I should acknowledge the audience because it's, we're not saying that there isn't an audience. We're saying there's a tool time audience. Right, right, right. So I, you know, I walked out there and I just kind of went like that. The salute. And the next week, you know, Al's does his uh, salute. And I go, Al, what's his salute? Can you fill me in on that? He says, well, you did it last time. I go, I, I, I did. I hadn't said, we hadn't seen the show. I go, what did I do? Go, well, you went like this. And I went, Oh, okay. All right. I'll do my salute. And you know, and that was that was the thing. Now the I don't think so was like second or third or somewhere early, early on where I was still not a cast member. I was just a, a guest star. I was minding my P's and Q's because I knew I was there to support Tim. I wasn't there to, you know, become a star and be on the show. I was just there to field his humor, you know. So he's, he's like, hey, uh, Al, do you think uh, they call it molding because it's uh, been in the refrigerator too long? And, you know, he gets a laugh, and I just let him have that laugh. I wasn't going to step on the laugh. And I'm a, I'm just, I just look at him, and I'm about to say my next line, and right before I'm about to say it, there's another laugh. There's another laugh of me just looking at Tim, like you know, you dumb, dumbhead. And so I went, oh, well, that's nice. I hope I uh, they don't feel like I'm milking this, uh, this uh, or anything. like That you know, this is all going in my head. And then I went, I don't think so, Tim. And that got a laugh all the rest of that day. The writers and producers would walk by me and go, wow, you know, you did yourself a favor. You'd really, you know. And I had like two lines, and one of them was, I don't think so, Tim. But that moment that exchange where the audience kind of knew who we were before we knew who we were cemented in their minds that they saw something that they could write to. They saw, they saw a relationship that they enjoyed.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Cause real, real chemistry is great as, as Steven is.
0: Well, that would have been something else. I'm sure. I mean, it, 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 right. It may maybe it went to, I, you know, you, you just, you don't know. But I had nothing, I, I, I had no ulterior motive. I had no, you know, agenda. I was just there for Tim. I was throwing up those big old grapefruits for him to hit out of the park. It was just that natural charisma
1: coming through. <laughs> you can't apologize for no, that. No,
0: and I, I count my blessings every day that, that something like that happened. However, you know, I spent 11 years in New York Being an actor, doing theater, a year and a half in L.A. before I got this job, I had more than my 10,000 hours to uh, get to where I needed to get. When the moment happened, when the opportunity came, I was able to do it. Not overdo it, just do it.
1: Right, you just, you delivered, and you just kind of sat there going, yeah. Oh, did I just do something (laughs) knowing in your head? I just did something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Well, you know, you get a laugh and and, you you feel, uh, you know, because it's great to have an audience. I I mean, it really is. Stand up now without an audience is really hard for a lot of those guys, you know, because they need the feedback. They need that energy. And my background being theater, I I loved having that energy. That's why it was great to have an audience right there for Tool Time, even though, you know, for the most of the time we didn't play to them. But every once in a while, because of the show within the show, we could play to the audience.
1: It was a really good dynamic. I had one friend that wanted me to ask you a very specific question about a nomad (laughs) that got crushed. Uh, by an I-beam and wanted to know if the car really was destroyed because he cried a little inside when it happened.
0: Oh my God. We got cards and letters from people like we were killing baby seals. They were so upset. They really were. The thing is, is that we took the shell of a Chevrolet uh, like a nomad, but it wasn't a nomad. We just dressed it up to look like one. And so when the camera pulls back and you see the red car there and the I-beam comes down on it, you know, I'm 20 feet from this happening and it happens so fast. The metal goes right through metal. It was hysteria. It was like you want to laugh, want to enjoy the moment. But, you know, you can't because you're on camera and it has to be something else. And you're you're really only going to do it once. You can't like, yeah, okay let's let's do that again. You can't. That moment has happened.
1: That is so funny. All right. Well, he will appreciate that. And he he thanks you through me for answering. Well, it
0: was a station wagon, you know, it's like, uh, you know, but the nomad has mystical powers or something like that because it's something a lot of people you know, really covet and remember with fondness.
1: <laughs> one of my uh, fans wanted me to ask you if you ever got to if you ever dated one of the tool time girls, but I think you were already with your wife.
0: Yeah, I was married uh, you know, when I got the job, we were married six and a half years at that point and pregnant. First couple of seasons was Pam, Pam Anderson, right. and then Debbie was had been on the first season as another character. She was uh, Kiki von Hurstenweiler Mueller or whatever when they were looking for the next tool time girl producers wanted a a girl next door they wanted somebody you know that didn't have the background that pam pam did they didn't want a centerfold tim wanted somebody that could be on a calendar a calendar girl you know so he wanted that and they wanted something else and they didn't really communicate that to each other and so they had hundreds of people come in you know i went up to carmen one of the producers i went carmen what what about debbie he goes oh well we saw debbie and and well she, she wasn't right. I go, what do you mean she wasn't right? She's perfect. I mean, Tim really wants somebody that can be on a calendar. And, they, and Carmen stops and goes, what? He, he, he wants a girl? On, oh, okay. Well, they went back and they uh, they looked at her again and she was cast. And it was perfect. You know, it was, it yeah. was the perfect of both worlds.
1: That was uh, after Playboy for Pamela. And then she left for Baywatch.
0: She left for Baywatch. Okay. Mainly because she knew that the tooltime girl wasn't going to do a lot. And she really wanted to do a bunch of stuff. Right. She had aspirations and and that helped. You know, I, that was a world audience at that point. I mean, Baywatch was worldwide. So
1: right. stay a two time girl
0: or go running
1: in slow motion in a red bathing suit full time. It's, yeah. it's an obvious choice. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, obvious. I mean, she was very popular as a playmate, but like then but she was just to know someone before they actually explode, explode, you know, because Explodibly,
0: she would, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not something that you are taught. Think about what fame is or what being recognized is. And it's one thing, but then when it's actually happening, it becomes way more personal. And depending on how you feel about it, it's either invading your life or you're happy that it's happening. You know, some people that just get upset that someone has come up to them at the restaurant. I decided early on that, I mean, if I was going to be upset, I was going to be upset all the time. It's like, why do that? So let's just Take care of it. Move on.
1: If you can see, I'm wearing a Detroit Tigers hat. Nice. Tim's a uh, a Michigan boy, so like
0: he is a Michigan boy, but a Colorado boy also. But uh,
1: he's got a place up on one of the lakes. But home improvement took place in suburban Detroit. So right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that. I always love Dave Goulet wearing the Red Wings on Full House. <laughs> it's always cool when Detroit gets represented.
0: Hey, I did a show called The Detroiters. Oh,
1: I, I was going to ask you about that. I love that show. I was so upset when that got, yeah. got canceled. That was such a funny, funny, funny show. It was.
0: It was very fun. And and I actually, I had to play myself. You know, thank God I had the four years of playing myself on Family Feud before I had to do that. You know, because playing yourself is is like a whole nother world. It's a whole different thing.
1: Is it a, a version of yourself, though, right? Like, uh, you're like, I would never say this. <laughs> Who wrote this crap? was no, kidding.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like it's me being host of a of the D Awards, the Detroit awards for for the advertising and so what i'm saying would have been written by somebody as far as that's concerned so it it was me playing
1: a host i always wondered what people outside of detroit or outside of michigan watching that show thought of it because
0: there's a lot of inside jokes
1: right being from michigan all of those things were like local real local commercials that they were spoofing and things that they were doing so to us it was like oh my god this is like Hilarious,
0: and all of the other commercials were were uh, voiceovered by Kid Rock. That's very funny. Sure,
1: every city has a thing. We have a very famous Detroit Zoo commercial. We have a famous Melfar Superstar, and like all these things. And they would mock all those, and it was like it was just so funny. I was like, kills me when like a really good funny show gets uh, gets canned. But yeah, okay. Well, thanks for bringing that up because I was going to ask you about that. I did want to tell you, like, um, I worked with Tim Allen once in uh, we did a fundraiser together. It was like one of his big returns to to stand up. It was it was a while ago and i don't know the, the big the best compliment i ever got was after the show i was leaving and they were all on stage doing uh press and tim Allen's mom came up to me to tell me how good she thought i was <laughs> and i was like Aww. and to this day i was just like anytime i like i go the greatest compliment i ever got was tim Allen's mom because if the mom tells you you know right it's special. you know it's special because a mom ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> she didn't yeah. have to. So let's see what else. I noticed you have you have a few airbud air, air buddy movies. what's it like working yeah. with uh, all the dogs
0: <laughs> I, I did those those were uh, those were fun. I actually I replaced uh, Greg Harrison Gregory Harrison played the dad in the first one and then apparently he didn't want to do the next one so I did like the next three. Uh, the guys that did the airbuds they also did they also did some shows with a monkey you know, and I did one of their monkey shows, MVP, Most Valuable Primate, which was also fun, you know, and that was, those were all filmed up in Canada, you know, either Toronto or Vancouver. And then, so you've,
1: you've done a lot of Christmas movies by coincidence, or just do you have a a love for Christmas? You just love doing those? Is it just... I
0: think it's a coincidence. And, but they're also, they're always family friendly. Hallmark does 40 Christmas movies a year, Lifetime, does 40 Christmas movies a year. So there's a lot of Christmas stuff out there. And once you get in that kind of, they okay certain actors, certain actors they're fine with because Hallmark doesn't really want villains. They want some obstacles that they have to get past, but they don't want people that are too mean. Otherwise people will change the channel. Got it.
1: Well, you are not mean at all. You're one of the nicest. No, but
0: I played a, um, a Hallmark villain where I bought the Christmas Town from the girl who, who uh, was living in New York and wanted to get back to New York. And then realized that the Christmas Town was something that she really didn't realize, you know, how many people it affected and that she loved it. And there was a love interest. And then she wants it back. And I charge her like three times the amount. <laughs> That's about as evil as I get.
1: That's as evil as Hallmark will get. <laughs> it's so funny. Let's talk about Last Man Standing. And you guessed it on there and you walk out and mention his three boys. And he goes, no, no, it's three girls. I swear I, swear I could have been, it was three boys. I love when TV shows go <laughs> meta like that and and reference other shows. like of, of like, Or relationships like that were from before. Were those? Yeah. Just It's so funny to me. It's so funny.
0: Well, uh, the thing is, is that character wasn't written to be me wasn't written to, uh, for me to play it I think my agents submitted me and then the producers of last man saw that they went oh my god huh we've got Richard so we should so they rewrote it they rewrote a little bit of and they added the kids line and this and that and they held me backstage I couldn't come out before the show everybody introduces everybody you know but they they kept me back and then when I entered, there was like this gasp that the audience went, Oh my God. And they were cheering and it went on and on. And I felt, I mean, I, it was cool, but I, I after a while I felt a little embarrassed and I started, I just started the scene, uh, you know, afterwards the writers came up to me and they went, why did you stop? They were loving you. They were, it was gone I know, I know, but it was going on. Well, we could have edited that out. And I, I went, "Uh, oh, yeah, okay. But I don't know. I, I just felt it had been enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny. It's it's so funny. And then um, you have a new show on the History yeah. Channel, Assembly Required. Assembly Required. And it's a reality show?
0: Yeah. Oddly enough, it's something Tim and his daughter... Katie. Katie Fox is one of the producers, his daughter. They've been working on it for uh, for a little while and then they brought me in to co-host with Tim because I think Tim didn't want to do any of the hosting heavy lifting. I think he likes the idea of just sitting back and being Tim. It worked out. I mean, all that chemistry came rushing back. It was like getting back up on that bike again. It was fun. It's awesome. That'll be fun to watch. Well, it'll be something different because the History Channel does have these shows like Forged in Fire and, you know, maybe some of the cooking shows like that where the hosts, are, you know, they're amusing, they're funny, but nothing like what Tim and I are. That's a whole nother realm of what's going on because of our history.
1: So the idea of the show is it's builders are tasked to fix household items.
0: Yeah, in a way. I mean, we send them a box. Okay. They have 90 minutes to build what's in the box. We don't tell them what it is. They have to figure it out. But, you know, they're very good builders. So they most of the things are, are self-evident like that. But we break something that's in there. So they have to work with something that's broken. They have to fix it. And after 90 minutes of the three contestants, we have to choose one that didn't make the cut. And the other two will go on to the other half of the show where they'll have five days to build a bigger crate of stuff that we sent. And then they incorporate the smaller build into the bigger build. Okay. So it's like Chops, but with constructions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and we have had guys, I mean, we literally had a NASA rocket scientist who couldn't get it done in 90 minutes. It was like, we saw how brilliant where he was going, but it didn't work after 90 minutes. He just, he couldn't, he couldn't do the time. And that, you know, that's part of the game. You got to factor those things in.
1: It sounds like something I will be very excited to watch.
0: I hope so. I, I mean, my God, we talk, you know, there's a lot of footage and in my mind, I'm going, Can they use any of this? I mean, we're just talking, going off on tangents. And, and I have to reel Tim in. He'll ask somebody a question, hey, you know, that thing that we gave you, what did you think about that? Because, you know, my friend uh, Jay in his garage, we, we did, you know, and after like five minutes of Tim going off, I would finally go, Tim, let them answer your question. <laughs> you know, it's like I all of a sudden became Al. I had to become Al in real life.
1: That's so funny. The idea of being a contestant on that would give me anxiety. I, our, my marriage can barely survive a trip to Ikea.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, there are people that, that, you know, all of a sudden the camera's rolling and they have, they feel like they have to perform and that can kind of get in the way of their process because they're performing and they're not performing.
1: Right. (laughs) They don't want to get cut. Uh,
0: But, uh, you know, it's really, it's about the elegance of what they build. When it comes down to it, we're not really, we're not voting on their, their personality. We're voting on, you know, how they build what's at hand.
1: And then you're, I just started this show. I've seen episode one, even before I knew we were going to talk and you're in pen 15 and it was on who <laughs> who <Hulu. laughs> I got it. The first episode, it was one of those things where I think we put it on pause for a second because it was so real. The anxiety of like being back in middle school. It was like,
0: it is very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable humor.
1: It was hard to watch. It was like, but in in a good way where my wife was like, "I can't watch it. I'm, just, I'm having <laughs> anxiety." Time.
0: Well, that, I mean, in a weird way, that's why we never watched Curb Your Enthusiasm because it's very uncomfortable. It's funny, but you know, watching it with your wife, you just go, I, I, "Okay, we don't want to watch this."
1: That's how my wife feels about Curb Your Enthusiasm. I like. I haven't seen it in a while, but like when I did watch it, I, I was into that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. It just either hits you right or, or it hits you wrong.
0: True. And and I don't think I came in to like the fourth episode of pen 15 into the season
1: yeah i mean, i haven't got you yet
0: but her dad her real dad is a world-class drummer peter erskine really i mean he played with the the weather report oh wow yeah, i mean world-class jazz drummer and she wrote me i'm in a, a steely dan cover band i'm the drummer for a steely dan cover band called stealing dan <laughs> which is, you know, funny on a lot of levels. That's a great name. Peter tried to teach me, show me how to look playing drums and failed miserably, but I, I guess I looked okay. And her real mom plays her real mom.
1: I was talking to a comedian friend of mine, Bill Dwyer. He used to host BattleBots. And he's like, I was listening to Pen 15 and they're watching BattleBots and it's my voice.
0: <laughs> I should get paid for that. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. because I immediately called my agent. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did have to pay a licensing fee, so I don't know if he gets it.
1: No, no, I don't know, but it's it's funny. Um I, there was definitely buzz on that show because I had heard people talking about it and then yeah. I wanted to check it out.
0: Well, what was great about doing that show was that the, the girls knew each other from school, from NYU. They went to NYU together. So they would do the scene, but I I mean, they would keep going. They would just, you know, off the top of their heads, just continue scenes and see where they, where they might go, whether it's usable or whatever like that. And they encouraged uh, me or the other actors to, they were fine with, with anything that we wanted to say or come up with. There was an episode where we're at the dinner table, you know, she goes, that's bullshit to her brother. And I go, what did you say? You know, as the dad, I says, what did you say? She goes, nothing. bullshit. And the brother's going, no, she didn't. She said, bullshit. Hey, and, you know, I go, go to your room. And she's supposed to go to her room. She goes, no. I go, go to your room. We'll talk about this later. She goes, no. I'm thinking, well, w- w- what do you do? Well, as a parent, well, I, it's like the unknown. I took out the old, you know, I started counting. I went one and her eyes, her eyes went, you know, it's like, <laughs> And I went two, and then three, I started getting up. And she like scurries out of the room. She comes back laughing. And she goes, oh my God, that's what my dad did. My dad did that. <laughs> and I go, oh, well, good. I'm glad we
1: found that. It's so funny. Okay, I want to wrap up. I want to put you on the other side of the feud. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and then I have the answers and the, and the people that voted for him. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Hey, Richard, you you. ready to play the feud? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. 100 people surveyed. Top six answers. We asked 100 Americans, how much do you tip for good service? 20%. Show me 20%. That's right. That's the number one answer. Is that the number one answer? 39 people out of 100. Well, it depends 20%. on where you
0: live because some people just double the tax.
1: Yes, yeah, so I always do 20% because it's just so easy. You do 10% and then double that.
0: <laughs> right. And double the tax, you know, if you're in New York or California, that's 18%, somewhere about.
1: Perfect. All right, ready? Okay, right, 100 people surveyed. Top six answers on the board. Name something you might eat with a hamburger.
0: French fries. Show me French fries. You're really good at this. <laughs> Well, you're giving me softball questions. I know. I didn't want to come over the ones that were too hard. I like I like the one where where he asked, you know, uh, what month do you start showing pregnancy? And the girl went September. <laughs> 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 Made perfect sense. That's when she started showing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> can't go out. I can't go out on a higher note than that. Thank you so much for hanging with me. It was it was a lot of fun. I had a good time talking with you.
0: Well, as Tim Allen's mother said, you did such a good job. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <laughs> now it'll be like Tim Allen's mom. And Richard Carn, both. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet. Is there any place people can kind of keep up with you? Uh, on what's going on? You know, on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I, yeah,
0: you know, I'm on Twitter and, and all that, but I, I'm not really good at that kind of stuff. Although, you know, once the show starts going, uh, you know, they have a they have a team of people that throw stuff out there or, or or give me stuff to throw out there. So, but I'm on Twitter as I think the real Richard Carn. I'm not very diligent about it
1: so if you if you tweet or send richard a message just be patient (laughs) we will get back to you eventually (laughs) yeah yeah thank you thank you so much for hanging out with me i really really appreciate it all right a lot you're welcome all right how awesome was richard Karn? so many great stories definitely check out his new show with tim allen assembly required i hear a new season is coming your way So much fun. I should have asked harder Family Feud questions, shouldn't I have? I I shouldn't have gone so easy on them. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. You know what else is a lot of fun? Playing hashtag games on hashtag Roundup. That's right. As we near the end of the episode, it's time to retweets from another trending hashtag from the family of hashtag Roundup games at hashtag Roundup on Twitter. Follow us and play along all day, every day. Also download the free hashtag Roundup app. What, the same app from the social media tip? Yes, the same one. Download the free hashtag Roundup app play along with us and one day one of your tweets might be read on live from detroit the jeff waskin show fame and fortune awaits you this week's hashtag keeping with the theme of the show our guest richard Carn, al borland from home improvement so of course we need to retweets from hashtag home improvement songs and bands. The ultimate hashtag mashup game which takes home improvement things and mashes them up with songs or bands. Brought to you by Dangerous Tags, a once weekly game on hashtag roundup. So exciting. And here are a few of my favorite hashtag home improvement songs and bands. Who's down with PVC? You know me. Express your shelf. I can saw for miles and miles. Nine-inch nail guns. Grout, grout, let it all out. I apologize for the singing, but I I think it helps a little. Not a lot, maybe. Saw dust in the wind. (laughs) That was bad. You can call me Al. Yeah, Al Borland. When I think about you, I hang my shelf. (laughs) I saw her standing there. Get it? Saw. Purple train, purple train, we're an American band, saw, we're an American band, saw. Yes, I said it twice. Pink Floyd's the load-bearing wall. <laughs> D I didn't we almost have a wall? That was, sorry, my singing is not helping, I know. Ricky, don't lose that lumber. These are all really great hashtag home improvement songs and bands. Tool time in a bottle. Handyman. The handyman can cause he makes a da 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 da, da. I didn't have other words. Backsplash fever. <laughs> this land is boar land. This land is your land. da 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 da. Way to tie into the home improvement theme. Hip to be Builders Square, the Huey Lewis classic, and our final hashtag home improvement songs and bands tweet. Roof, there it is. Roof, there it is. (laughs) All right. Those were awesome hashtag improvement songs and bands tweets. As always, they are retweeted at Jeff DeWoskin's show on Twitter. Hunt them out, retweet them, show them some love. Well, that's it. The hashtag reading's over. The interview's over. I guess we're at the end of another episode. We have reached the end of episode 90. Can't believe it. And we've reached the end of 2021. You may still have a few days left, depending on when you're hearing this. I've enjoyed spending this year with you. I'm looking forward to 2022. Thank you to my special guest this week, Richard Carn, And of course, thanks to all of you for coming back week after week. I can't thank you enough. It means the world to me, and I'll see you next time. Rather, I'll see you next year. Thanks so much for listening to
0: this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you've heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at thejeffdwaskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Show, and we'll see you next time.